Well, good morning, my friends, and welcome to the Heritage Hour. I'm Mark Gonzalez, your pastoral encourager for Southwest Florida, here at the Royal Palm Association of Churches, and I'm so delighted to be with you on this Saturday morning, as we've been doing for, man, about 28 years now. Wow, closing in on 30. What a privilege it is just to come together with you, just to sit at the feet of the Lord and uh, and let Him speak to us. And you know, if you had a chance to join us last week, you know uh, we're in our series on parenting, a brief series on parenting, covering some great topics like uh, five core heart truths in parenting, which we did a couple of weeks ago, and then four key stages of parenting, which we did last week. And now I want to start a section called Eight Basic Reasons Why Kids Disobey, and then of course, what to do about it. We might get through all of it, or we may get through part of it today, but I'll tell you what, it's a fascinating journey, and I can't wait to unpack it for you. So, as we get started, as is our custom, oh, let's just go before the Lord and ask Him to speak, shall we? Lord, I'm just so, so honored to be able to come together with my brothers and sisters via the airways, and we get to sit at your feet. We get to gaze into your eyes. We get to listen for your heart because you love to speak to our heart. And Lord, we recognize that the children that you have been pleased to give us are not our own. They are yours. And you want us to be able to speak from the heart with them and to train them up in the way that they should go to honor you and honor people all around them. But Lord, we confess it can get awfully tough sometimes and confusing. So Lord, as we just walk through these eight basic reasons why kids disobey, may you just give us a clearer and clearer picture of what we are dealing with and how these kids are works in progress just as we are and that we're to love them and nurture them just like you do us, but also correct them uh, just like you do us, but always in a spirit that is gracious and focused and loving and wise. So we ask for nothing less than that. Thank you for visiting us today. We come expectantly, Lord, for you to speak. And we pray this by the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by his precious cleansing and healing, transforming, empowering, and forgiving blood. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, I'm actually going to give you lots of scripture today that you can just jot down if you're a note taker, and especially if you're going to be writing down these eight basic reasons why kids disobey. And it's so important to get this because our responses to their disobedience will be directly related to why they're disobeying, and it's going to vary in degree and intensity uh, as far as the correction uh, is concerned. So uh, I hope you do have a pen uh, to jot these down as we go along. So I'm going to start us off, though, by going to Psalm 139, excuse me, uh, Proverbs 29, verse 15. Um, You know, there's this classic portion of Scripture there that people can take out of context, and it sounds harsh, But as we unpack this in the next week or two, you'll see that it is not. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 15, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. And, of course, we can add to that, 
and his father. So we know that the scripture is telling us that we need to be diligent to reprove our kids by whatever means the Lord says are appropriate, given the circumstance, given the reason. In fact, uh, the Bible also says uh, that, that Paul was writing this when uh, he was writing in uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he says, When I was a child, I used to speak as a child, think as a child, reason as a child. But when I became a man, I did away with childish things. But that doesn't happen automatically. We need to train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. And this is how we train them, especially when they disobey. So here's the first reason why uh, your child, your grandchild, the kids in the classrooms, the kids, the kids on the team, wherever they are, why they might disobey. Number one, physiological hindrance. A physiological hindrance. You know, there may be something going on in their hearts, uh, excuse me, in their bodies, some kind of medical issues like poor hearing. They may not even be hearing your instruction. Uh, hypoglycemia, ADHD, Asperger's, Tourette's. There's all kinds of legitimate physiological conditions that these children may be struggling with. And it's as simple as getting them to a doctor, a nutritionist, uh, some kind of a practitioner that deals with the things of the body. In fact, you know, the Bible makes it pretty clear over in Psalm 139, verse 14. Listen to this. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. The Lord has created us by his own hand. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, and we have differences within our bodies in the way that he has created us. Of course, we call it DNA sequences. We talk about inherited uh, situations and all. But here's the other thing. Do you realize, and this is not a bad thing, this is a good thing. Our physical bodies were planned by, for, for designed uh, obsolescence. Planned obsolescence. They're made to eventually wear out. Why? Because in that way, we are actually preparing to go to heaven, preparing to receive our heavenly and final body for those who know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, if you want to jot that down, 2 Corinthians 4, 16, the Bible says this, Therefore we do not lose heart, but though the outer man is decaying. See, that's our physical body. Though the outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. So these temporary issued earth suits that we call bodies were given to us by God. And as we get older, those of you that are of those later, uh, later years and, and all, our hearing gets a little worse, our sight gets a little worse, our muscles get a little sore, we begin to shrink up. Why? Planned obsolescence. But even as children and teens, there may be some medical issues that we've inherited that are at play. Uh, we may have gotten different uh, diseases or viruses uh, by living in this fallen world. I mean, th Jesus said you will have tribulation. You will have challenges. And yes, there's a lot of healing in the Lord. That's a whole other series 
this, uh, about how inner healing can lead to physical healing, but at the same time, there are sometimes a physiological hindrance, a bodily thing that is inhibiting your child's ability to obey. And so first and foremost, check those things out. And by the way, can I just quickly add, there is no shame in this whatsoever. And I know there's a great debate and great confusion and frustration in trying to discern whether something is a real physiological condition and whether or not the best course of action are strong medications or whether it can be dealt with with nutritional changes, sometimes just high sugar content in kids' uh, bodies can make them more hyper and, and, and more uh, disobedient just because of that that uh, hyper sugar condition. Sometimes it's a, it's a you know, there's gluten-free stuff now. One of my sons, who's an adult now, man, for years, uh, struggled with some great fatigue. And, you know, we... Yeah, you can be prone to think it's slothfulness and stuff, but as he began to investigate it more and more as an adult, he found out he had a gluten uh, allergy, severe. And when he became gluten-free in his nutritional regimen, and that's the term I choose rather than diet, a nutritional regimen, a nutritional choice, and just cut out gluten, what a difference he has felt. And there's so many things out there like that. Um, and now, I'm not trying to make excuses, but I am making sure you recognize this is one of the possible reasons that your child may be disobeying. And if they want to give them, you know, if a trusted medical professional says, you know, in this case, a little bit of medication might be helpful. For example, you know, in some of these these, these uh, ADHD kind of a things, Something it's the synaptic firings up in the brain. The electrical things are just shooting across so fast. The kid's not given much time to make a decision based on the training that you're giving them. And Ritalin, I'm told, and I'm no medical expert, but as I understand, it just slows down the synaptic responses a little bit in the brain to give the child a chance to think about his options instead of reflexively racing to an option or a choice. Sometimes it can be brain chemistry that's a little bit off. Even in adults, there are times when there have been sudden drops in some brain chemicals. There's four main ones. I won't go into that. But it can actually alter behavior patterns. Out of the blue, boom. And when you correct it, when you uh, take the medications that add back those chemicals of the brain that give you the ability to make decisions and wiser decisions, uh, man, that's like putting oil in the car. I mean, think about it. If you're driving down the road and the oil pressure light comes on and you start getting smoke from under the hood, are you going to keep driving? No. You're going to pull over and you're going to somehow find some oil maybe in the back of your car or hitch a ride somewhere and get some oil, bring it back. You put the oil in the motor, man, and uh, and it helps it, it lubricates it so it can go on down the road or not just burn up. Well, Sometimes we have these chemical drops, these physiological things that happen in our bodies and the meds can just add back the oil so the engine can run smoothly. And there's no shame in that whatsoever. Now there is a danger. You can get addicted to them. You can get over-dependent upon them. You can use them as excuses uh, uh, for uh, behavior and things when actually there are other things that are at play. So... Let's not use this as an automatic 
button to push when kids are disobeying and just start dragging them up. But at the same time, let's not go to the opposite side of the spectrum and neglect the issue altogether because sometimes we just need to put oil in the engine to let the engine run smoothly and the car to go down the road. And in this case, your children. So the first of the eight reasons why kids might disobey is a physiological hindrance. The unique wiring and makeup of their particular bodies and what their bodies have been subjected to in the way of allergens, in the way of viruses, in the way of illnesses, in the way of hereditary factors, all kinds of things. Now, let's go to number two. What's the second reason why a kid might disobey wherever you may encounter him? Well, uh, let me suggest that the second of these eight is inattentiveness, inattentiveness. They may just be lost in their own world when we give them their, you know, orders or instructions or something to do. They just may not be paying attention. Can I ask you a question? Uh, are there ever any times in your life, even as an adult, when somebody is speaking to you, they're right there in the room, but your mind is elsewhere, and you don't really hear a word they're saying, and you have to ask them to repeat it? Well, of course that is the case. And of course children do the same thing. In fact, maybe even more so because they have such vivid imaginations, and they kind of bounce around in their thoughts so much it's very easy then to get lost in the cosmos while you are trying to give them some instructions for the day or getting ready for church or getting ready for school or for doing their homework or doing their chores or whatever. It may just be simple inattentiveness. This is why the scripture tells us over in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. Again, if you're jotting down these notes, Hear, O sons, the instructions of a father and give attention that you may gain understanding. Sometimes they're just not paying attention. That's not ball-faced defiance. That's not disobeying because they want to be a rebellious kid or a thorn in your side. They're just not paying attention. Listen to this in Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1-2. through two. My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, well, make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. So it's an exhortation to be attentive, to make sure that you pay attention when someone's trying to give you some instructions, when someone's trying to point you in the way that you should go. But recognize that none of us will do this 100% of the time. We will get lost in the cosmos of our own thoughts when that comment or that instruction or that correction is being spoken to us. In fact, if we were to get just real honest with each other, in the hectic pace in which we live, parents, and I get this. I mean, we had three sons, and I remember all those years and all the school years, and we homeschooled for many, many years up until about 10th grade. Then we put them, in our case, we sensed we needed to put them in a, in a school so that they could, used to get, uh, they could get used to dealing with other authorities in their lives. And then all the social pressures while they're still in our home. We felt if they stayed homeschooling throughout 
high school years, then we send them off to college, they're going to have to deal with all the social pressures and all the other authorities, cold turkey, without us nearby. And we thought, mm, we probably better have them closer by when they start navigating those treacherous waters. Now, the thing is, though, it, life gets very, very busy. And, and isn't it true that we may be guilty of giving what I'm calling drive-by orders? You know what a drive-by order is? It's kind of this idea. Maybe you're going by a fast food restaurant, maybe Panera or McDonald's or Burger King or wherever it is. Starbucks, and as you're driving through and you come up to that little uh, stand that has the uh, intercom system there, what if you didn't stop? What if you drove right by and you said, okay, this is my order, you know, I want a, a double mocha, this and that and the other, whatever, you know, and you just drove on by. Would they get the order? Of course not. Would it be because they were inattentive? No, it's because you gave a drive-by order. You were racing right by and just spit out what you wanted and you expected them to get the whole thing. Hey, are you like we were sometimes giving drive-by orders in the hectic pace, getting a lot done? We bark out all these orders to our kids as we're kind of walking through the room or doing some other things and we think that that one thing is going to do it. Well, you know, that's not too fair, is it? So you have a combination of things going here when it comes to the inattentiveness problem. It could be the kids are just distracted. They are in the cosmos. They aren't cooing into your voice. It could be you're giving drive-by orders, and so they think you may be talking to somebody else, or what you're saying is not all that important. Sometimes it could be both. So what do you do with this? Well, just like in the first reason, physiological hindrance, you know, you seek help from nutritionists and alternative or traditional medical specialists for the physiological uh, uh, hindrance. Here's what you can do for inattentiveness, especially when they're younger. And this is this, what I'm about to tell you, this one tip was probably the one tip that we got more feedback over the last 20 and 30 years as we taught these parenting classes from time to time in the churches where we were serving. Uh, this is probably the one tip that that in one week made a huge turnaround in lots of families when they started doing this one thing that uh, really, really helped cut through this inattentiveness problem, get their kids' attention, let it the instruction soak in, and uh, and make a huge, huge difference. And here it is, especially when they're young. When you are giving them their orders, their instructions, instead of doing a drive-by order, you kneel down, you get eye contact, and you hold up your index finger, all right? Just hold up one finger, the one sign. And you hold up your index finger, and you softly and carefully say, now, honey, or son, whatever, I'm going to say this once, okay, only once. You got it, and here it comes. I'm about to say it. Now, don't forget this, and you're holding up that one finger to remind them. I'm going to say this once, just once. Here it is. It's time to start putting up your toys so we can have dinner in about five minutes. All right? So, you got that? Start putting up your toys so we can have dinner in about five minutes. Ready, set. I'm just going to say it once. Go. All right, now that took about 20 seconds, maybe 30 to say. But when kneeling down and getting the eye contact, holding up that one finger, 
and giving them their instruction, more often than not, they will follow through. You gave them that little five minutes. You can even set a timer. Listen, I'm going to set this little timer for five minutes. Here we go. I'm saying it once. Here we go. Go. And I'll see you at the dinner table. And that bell comes off. Come on over. And off they go and off you go. Now, here's the magic about what I just said. If you, in a week, just throughout the next week, will do that, kneel down, get their eye contact softly and gently, and hold up that one finger and say, I'm going to say this once. Are you ready? It's coming. I'm going to say it just one time. Are you ready? And by the way, this is instead of barking at an order, they don't do it. So then you just say it louder, and then they don't do it. And then you say, all right, I'm serious. You're not telling Now, if you don't do this right now, you don't And then you shout at them. You give them a warning. Then they go, well, if you do that regularly, you are training them to wait for the third and the angry instruction. You are training them to only respond when you do it three times or four times or five times with anger and a threat. Well, what if you did it in a totally different way? What if you did kneel down? What if you did get eye contact? What if you did hold up that one finger and say, I'm just going to say this once. Are you ready? Here it comes. I'm going to say it once. Here it is. Boom. You do that for a week, several times a day, it's going to change dramatically the uh, habit patterns between you and your children and their obedience in most cases. Now, here's the beauty of it. As you keep doing that, then that one finger visual is all you'll be able to need to show them when you're giving them an instruction. But you don't have to kneel. You don't have to do all the elaborate things that you do at the beginning. You just hold up a finger and say, hey, hey, son, I'm going to say this once. Ready? Listen, can you go ahead and just do this? But you're still holding up the finger. Can you just do that? Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Go for it. Or if you're out in the playground or in public uh, and maybe they want a candy bar and you're saying, um, uh, no, it's too close to dinner. Let's not have the candy bar. Then they get ready to whine or complain. You just hold up that one finger. And that's an immediate reminder to them, hey, I'm only going to say this once. And I just said it. You don't have to say anymore. Just hold up the one finger, one finger, one finger. And man, we had parent after parent, mom and dad coming to us saying, wow, that really works. And it takes enormous pressure off. Man, it reminds us not to do drive-by orders. It makes sure we get their attention. And that one finger visual is so handy to use, especially in public and they kept doing it, and it kept working. And it's not a finger pointing at them. It's a finger pointing up. A simple visual reminder to pay attention because I'm only going to say this once and only once. Man, I hope you catch a vision of doing that. It'll be so helpful to you and to your kids. And you don't have to be shouting and raising your voice and warning and stuff if you'll just do that one tip I just shared with you. Well, we have time for a third reason why kids disobey. And the third reason is childish forgetfulness, or another way, distraction. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, the Bible says this, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life, and peace will be added to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you, bind them around your neck, 
Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. What is this predicated on? All of it around, don't forget. Don't forget my teaching. Don't forget my instruction. But here's the deal. Children will forget. They will get distracted. Kids like us can get easily distracted by things on the way to a chore or a duty or a project. I mean, how many times they're on the way maybe back to clean up their room and there's their little fire engine or there's their uh, iPad or there's whatever. And they end up picking it up and, and start playing because they got distracted. In fact, there's a classic illustration of this. In the old days of the fox hunts, you know, in merry old England, you know, with the red coats and the horses and all, chasing the fox as well, they had the hounds who would chase after the fox. And it's the hounds following the scent of the fox. But there were times when a dastardly fellow would totally disrupt the fox hunt when in between the running fox and the hounds that were chasing them, on his horse, a guy could go across the path of the uh, where the scent of the fox was being laid down, and pulling with a with a piece of string or a rope behind his horse a dead fish, a herring, a red herring, for example. He would cut across the trail, and when the hounds got to that spot, they would stop following the scent of the fox and instead start following the stronger scent of the red herring, the fish and go off in a wrong direction. That's what happens to your kids. That's what happens to us. They're on their way to do the right thing, to obey, but on the way, something comes across the path, something comes across their mind that distracts them, and then they forget. Man, there are times my wife wants me to bring something home from the office, you know, or maybe I get some leftover lunch and it's in the refrigerator. You know what I have to do? I'll forget it in the rest of the day and not take it home unless I put my keys over by the refrigerator so that when I'm leaving and looking for my keys, where are my keys? Oh yeah, I put them by the refrigerator because I got food there. I do that at restaurants as well. Listen, these, these are ways that we can give them some clues and reminders. We can turn chores into game together with timers and rewards. It's just a way to help them not forget. Well, we're going to pick this up next time. So much more to share with you. But, oh, Lord, we are just so grateful that you give us the opportunity to shepherd the flock. You've given us our kids. May we be faithful. Thank you, sir. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm Mark Gonzalez. Oh, until next time, enjoy your kids, would you? Just have a conversation with them and be gentle.